Man, I'm happy to see you guys in church today. Uh, it's cold in 2022. Have you noticed that? It's, it's a cold year. We're going to back that thing up a little bit, Wade. I'm going to pull it right there. Make sure I'm in the light. Well, welcome to CBCB. Um, today I want to talk to you about that. I'm going to talk to you about CBCB, uh, specifically the name, Community Bible Church in Bulverde, which I think you'll have to agree with me is not the coolest church name uh, ever. Because like all the churches now have like really cool names, um, the journey, the point, the bridge, the branch. That's actually a restaurant, but you get the point. Uh, there's a church called the Healing House. And that's a cool, I want to go to the Healing House, right? That's a cool church. I have a friend in Dallas that goes to a church called the Upper Room. Now, how cool is that for a church name, right? There's a church in Kansas City called the International House of Prayer. I hop. So, not crazy about that one. I'm going to be honest with you because you know people are going in there looking for waffles. It's, but there's all these like really cool church names and somehow we ended up with Community Bible Church Bulverde. And I don't, have you ever wondered like where that came from? Because I'll tell you where it didn't come from. It was a like slick marketing team, right? We, it's not like our branding experts came up with this one. Um, I think brand names are important. Um, and some, some brand names are great. If you think about different things, like um, think of this, Acura. I mean, that's like the coolest name ever. If you really want a car that is well-engineered, right, and precision-designed, doesn't just the name Acura, right? If you want to buy a big, tough, manly, burly truck, don't you want a Dodge Ram, right? The name, it's just, that's a great, none of the trucks are any good, but what a great name, <laughs> right? Um, if you want great ice cream, don't you want H-E-B's Creamy Creations? Right, the names, I'm telling you, names, names matter. Um, I read that in the 70s, do you guys remember the Chevy Nova? Remember that car? It was a great car in the 70s, right? It's like one of Chevrolet's best-selling cars ever in the United States. Nova, ooh, we think of like a star, right? A Nova, give me one of those. And then they tried to take them into Mexico and they didn't sell. Can you imagine why, if you speak Spanish? Nova, it means it doesn't go, <laughs> right? So you can't sell that thing. The names matter, right? Names matter, can we agree? Names matter. I can't help but wonder how much more successful the people could have been at Dress Barn <laughs> if they just thought that name through. You know, I don't care how great your dresses are, there are an element of women that are just not gonna buy their clothes in a place called Dress Barn, right? This is, this is not a good name. Um, in Austin, there used to be a law office called Law Mart. <laughs> you gonna trust your legal matters to Law Mart? And that's why there used to be a law office in Austin called, names matter, names matter. In the Bible, names matter. When we read the Bible names, a lot of times it'll even tell you what the name means. The word Adam is actually the Hebrew word Adam, which means humanity. 
Think about how that fits into the creation story, right? That's, that's really kind of important. Abraham means the exalted father of many, right? It's a perfect, names matter. Sarah, that's Abraham's wife, right? When she heard about Isaac coming, when she heard she was gonna have a baby named Isaac, it means laughter because she laughed when she heard she was gonna have a baby at 100 years old. Um, Noah means a safe refuge. So I think we can agree names matter. So what about this name, Community Bible Church, Bulverde? Um, not crazy about the way it sounds. Honestly, it's too long, and it's too wordy, and it's too confusing, and we thought about changing it, but you know, now after 15 years, we have a little bit of like name recognition. Nobody calls us that, everybody calls us CBCB. I'm looking around, I see shirts that say CBCB. And so I thought about like, what if we change the name, but we keep the acronym? And that way we don't gotta get new shirts and bumper stickers and stuff. And so just let me trot a couple of these out. I'm just thinking of some different names. I will stay with CBCB, but different words. So what do you think of uh, Comel Bear County Brotherhood? That's CB, that stinks, right? Okay, how about um, Center for Bewildered Christian Baptists? <laughs> I mean, CBCB, but it's not as easy as you think. I mean, I thought of Canadian bishops with chicken beaks. <laughs> Center for Baking Cornbread. I mean, they're all horrible, right? So I think we're just gonna stick with Community Bible Church, Bulverde, it sounds weird but at least it describes who we are. And maybe that's more important than it being catchy. Um, I'll tell you this, we started going to CBC, the big CBC, years ago when my daughter was in middle school because she kept going to stuff there every weekend. Oh, they're having a cookout at CBC. Oh, they're having a sleepover at CBC. Oh, Bible study at CBC, a mission trip at CBC. And one day I literally said to Margaret, I don't know what CBC stands for. We better go over there and find out what kind of church this is. I don't even literally know what the letters stand for. So that's, that's not going to happen here. Today we're going to talk about what CBCB stands for. So to start with, it stands for community. And so if you've been here any amount of time, you know we take community pretty seriously here. You've probably heard me say that God created us, God designed us, God engineered human beings for community. We're we're herd animals. So in groups, we, we thrive and we flourish, and alone, we struggle. And I think last week we talked about this in the creation story. God just over and over is creating things, and what does he keep saying? God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. Seven times it says God saw that it was good. And then suddenly there's a break in the pattern. He sees something that is not good. What was it? It was not good for man to be alone. We're, we're created for community. In Acts chapter two, we get the New Testament church. Um, Acts 2.42 talks about this amazing church and then it's, it's the, they're filled with the spirit and they changed the world and they did all these incredible things. And I want you to take a look at, at, at what they stood for. Um, this is like their, um, I don't know, the creed or something of their church, right? Acts 2.42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So four things 
that they stood for, right? This amazing, incredible church, four things that they stood for, four things that they were devoted to. And I don't, it's not surprising that they were devoted to the teaching of the word. And it's not surprising that a church, that they were devoted to prayer. But it's interesting to me that two of the four things that they were devoted to were fellowship and eating together. Community. It's on the same list with prayer. It's on the same list with the teaching of the word. And some of the stuff in the Bible is descriptive. It's just telling us how they did it. But I believe this is prescriptive. I believe this is prescribing how we should do it. And I think that if we want to hold on to our faith and if we want to spread the gospel like they did, if we want to change the world for Jesus like they did, then we need to be devoted to teaching the word. And we need to be devoted to prayer. And we need to be devoted to eating and hanging out together. In other words, community. And that's been hard the last couple of years. Um, We've become kind of siloed. We've become kind of like separated. We've become sort of isolated. And you know what? We're seeing some ugly consequences of that now. After a couple of years of this, there's a real uptick in depression and addiction and abuse and suicide. And I think the reason is we're, that's not how we're built. We're not created to live in isolation. We need each other. We need each other. And that's, that's built into us. That's wired into us. That's the way we're designed is to need each other. So really, at this year, um, at CBCB, one of my goals as the lead pastor, right, as the holy spiritual leader of this church, one of my main goals for this year is for us to have more parties. Really, just to have like service projects and picnics and dinners and get-togethers and we're really gonna work on that as a church. And if you're part of that church, you need to help us rebuild community in our community. And maybe you're thinking, well, what can I do, right? I'm just, I just attend church here. What could I do to rebuild the community of this church? But I'll tell you the first step you can take, join a life group, join a life group. Um, I don't want you to like misunderstand me in how I say this, so I'm gonna say it like this. If you're not in a life group, you should get in a life group. You may not understand that, quick show of hands, right? If you're not in a life group, you should get in a life group. And you know what, I know it's been hard the last couple of years. I, I get it, and I know we have to keep safe. I know we have to keep safe, but for me, and I think for a lot of us, I'm ready to focus a little less on not dying and a little more on really living the life that God called us to. So, as much as safely possible, we want to get everyone back into being part of a life group. And if you're not familiar with that or you've never done that, it's just super simple. It's, it's a group of three or four or five or 10 people that just get together a lot. And they, you know, they grow and they learn and they worship and they serve and they, they hold each other accountable and they root for each other and encourage each other and motivate each other and do life together. That's what a life group is. And I can tell you how great it is, um, but I got a better plan than that. I'm gonna bring some people up just to give you a quick testimony. So a lot of you know Matt and Mandy Dove. They're back there working in media, so they gotta, where'd they go? Hey, they're there. They're sneaking up. You guys can clap for Matt and Mandy as they come up here. 
So they've been active at the church for a long, long time, and they've, I think, had their lives, I would say, impacted by life groups. And so starting when they joined life groups, and they could talk about that, but also uh, about a year ago, I think, we asked them to lead a life group, and so they can talk to you a little bit about what that's been like. So you're up. Thank you. Um, Sorry, Jonathan. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to go first and talk about being a part of a life group. Um, We were impacted greatly a couple of years ago with an accident, and I had just joined a life group. Didn't want to burden people, didn't want anyone to feel like they needed to pray for us. Um, But a good friend of mine, Miss Eddie, said, life groups are your family. They're the ones to help get you through things. And turning to them through that time helped me to see we are doing life together. They prayed for me. They got on their knees for our family when we couldn't, when we were too overwhelmed with everything. But they also cheered with us and they celebrated us and celebrated the the victories and the gifts that God had given us and provided us for throughout that year. And it made me realize this is why Jesus walked with his disciples, so that he could teach us how important community was, how important it was to build each other up, to laugh with each other, to cry with each other, to truly enjoy the life that we've been given while we were on earth. And I was able to do that, and I believe we were able to do that through plugging in here, through getting to know other people who were walking those same roads, who were having those ups and downs, were questioning life and where we go and what we do. They've helped us to understand the Bible better. They've helped us to understand God better and to just understand what it's like every day going through this gift that God has given us by being on this earth. Um, So that's kind of what they mean to us on an individual basis. Leading a life group kind of took it to a different level. So I'm going to let Matt talk about that. I'll take center stage. Whoa, that's loud. Um, yeah, life groups are awesome. <laughs> no, uh, but seriously, though, yeah, there's a, a special place in my heart now for a lot, a lot of people. I mean, uh, we've been impacted, and, and we've helped, I believe, impact and inspire a lot of people, and we try to, to do that as a community. You know, like you said, a, a community Bible church, that's what we do is, is come together this community is so awesome. It's full of so many awesome people. And, you know, I was blessed when Shane and Larry asked us if we would lead a life group. I mean, it was out of my uh, uh, scope of ability. It was a little over my pay scale. But with the help of, of some awesome leaders, I mean, it's really not that, that hard. It's very doable and very rewarding. And uh, just to kind of mimic what Larry said, like there, there's two categories of people in here right now. People who are in life groups and people who need to be in life groups. And that's it. Shane will help you get set up. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all can clap for them if you want while they're getting down. 
So do you have a table out there today? Yeah, I do. Okay, so this is Shane Alderson. Wave everybody, Shane. Isn't he pretty? So Shane is our life groups director and he's out in the lobby. If you've got questions about life groups or you need help getting connected to a life group, then Shane can help you with that. Um, if you think you might like to lead a life group, um, we'd love to talk to you about that. And if you've never done it or you're not sure about it or something like that, man, Shane and I would love to take you to lunch and just talk about what it looks like to lead a life group. So CBCB stands for community and we stand for the Bible. That's, you know, the B. And I gotta tell you, I am super excited about where we're going with Bible study in this next few months especially. Um, I'll tell you that over the last two or three years, I have learned so much about the Bible. And the more I see and the more I learn, the more I see that I have a lot to learn. You know, it's like it just keeps unfolding and there's just so much more to it than I ever have understood before. It's just, there's just no other, there's nothing like the Bible. There, think, this is a book. <laughs> that God prepared for you. How about that? Isn't that, that's, that's like an awesome thing to even think about. There's no other book like the Bible. It's, it's weird and it's wonderful. Just like Benny and the Jets. It's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's sacred and it's scary and it's funny and it's serious and it's simple and it's complex and it's inspirational and it's instructive and it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And this is what's really hit me in the last year or so, is like the more I learn about it, the more interesting it gets. And I heard somebody give a really great analogy of this, and they said that reading the Bible is like going to the symphony, okay? So if I go to this, I know nothing about music, right? I've never been to the symphony, but I might go to the symphony and I can have some experience, right? At some level, I can experience the symphony. And I might say, you know, whatever, that was pretty. Okay, I could enjoy it, I could get something out of it, but if I study it a little bit and I begin to understand how the notes work together and how the instruments play off of each other, then can you see how I would have a deeper appreciation and I would, I would benefit more from the symphony. And then imagine, what if I went to school and I got a PhD in music theory, right? Well, then I would have like a whole new understanding and a whole new appreciation and it would mean something even more to me. I could enjoy it more and it could benefit my life even more. And I think if you're new to the Bible, yeah, you might, maybe you, like on one level, maybe you just like appreciate the story, you just like the stories, and maybe you appreciate like the moral lessons that they teach, and that's, that's great, that's great, but there's just so much more there. And I just think the more you understand it, the more it'll speak to you on a deeper level. And so a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I, I can't read, I'm, not, I'm telling you, let's, let's try, let's try this year to really understand the Bible, and I think wherever you are, my prayer is gonna be just that you'll go to a deeper level of understanding the Bible, and that God will speak to you in a new way. And I'm gonna tell you, it's not always easy, and I get that. Um, some parts of the Bible are weird, and some of them are scary, and some of them are harsh, and some of them are hard to understand, and some of them are just plain confusing. And so we're gonna work on that together this first couple of months of the year, and I think a lot of our confusion about what the Bible says stems from a misunderstanding about what the Bible is. And so we're gonna, we're gonna dig into that for the next couple of months and we're gonna see 
that the Bible is made up of all kinds of types and genres of literature. There's, there's stories and, and history and poetry and letters and wisdom literature and law and, and meditation literature, just all kinds of different sorts of writing. It's really less of a book and more of a library. It's really 66 different books written in three languages on three continents over like 1,500 years by about 40 different people, all of them inspired by God. So in the next few months, we're gonna learn more about what the Bible really is and what it says and what it means and how it all fits together in one unified story that leads to Jesus. And I could talk about this one all day, but I'm really excited about where we're going with our Bible study this first part of the year. Um, and we'll get into it super good next week. So be here next week, whatever you do. Um, but for now, just know CBCB stands for community and for Bible and for church. So I think for a lot of people, we think the word church and the first thing that pops into our head is a building. And maybe yours is red brick with those white columns in the front and a steeple. That, is that what pops into your head? No? Don't you remember? It's like, Here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, there's all the people. Remember that when you were a kid? For some of us, I think we think of the church and it's like this certain building or it's got stained glass or it's got a pipe organ or something like that. But you know, the church isn't a, a building. The church isn't made out of wood or metal or concrete. The church is made out of people. The church is made out of us. We're, we're the church. We are the elements that the church is made out of. We are the material that the church is made out of. In Colossians 1.18, it says, Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body, and we make up the body. We are the church. So the word church gets correctly used in a couple of different ways. One is the church, right? And some people talk about the capital C Church. This is the worldwide, all believers, every Christian everywhere makes up the church. That's right. And it's also what some people say, the lowercase c church. And this is like the little local body of believers. It's a particular group of body parts that meet together to worship and grow and serve and pray and, and make friends and continue the work of Jesus. This is a little group of people like CBCB. So when Paul wrote in Galatians, in Galatians chapter one, he's writing this letter. And in verse two, he says, I'm sending this letter to all the churches in Galatia. And he's talking about all of these little individual gatherings of people, like, like this gathering right here. So whatever you mean by the church, if you mean the church, all Jesus followers, or if you mean this church, our little group, the word church means something. And it's not a building. It's a group of people that are following Jesus and continuing his work on earth as his body. And so if you're a member of the church, then you should find a church where you can plug in and grow and serve and learn and worship and make friends and use your gifts to plug into what the church is doing. And that's what 1 Corinthians 12 talks about. When you get a chance, you should read that chapter. It's really interesting. It's all about how we all have these specific gifts and talents and passions and abilities and experience and education and these spiritual gifts that God has given us so that we can help each other just like parts in a body. Jesus is the head, 
and we continue to all work together to continue the work that he started here. That's, that's church. And I guess we have to like concede that the last couple of years, the way we, the way we do our church meetings has been interrupted, right? And there's, we're, it's different now. And we're, a lot of people are doing church online, which is awesome. You know, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard from people that have had their lives transformed by online church. And we're reaching more people than we've ever reached before because of online church. And so it's, it's awesome. I love online church. But what's hard with online church are some of the really important things that church is supposed to be, like community and fellowship and eating together and serving together and serving each other. It's, it's hard to do that with online church, and this is new. I mean, we're, we have to figure out how to do that, so help us pray about that. And if online church is the best option for you, I don't know, maybe there's a way that we could incorporate fellowship or eating together or, or meals or, or serving each other or doing ministry together online. Maybe there's some sort of online home church model or something. So if you wanna talk about that, let me know. But obviously, if you can get to church in person, then you that are in this room know there's some real value in being together with, with skin on, you know, not just with the computer. There's, there's value in not just hearing the worship, but actually worshiping together. And there's value in not just reading the Bible, because we can all read the Bible, right? But there's value in doing that, experiencing the Bible together. In fact, in 1 Timothy 4, Paul's talking to Timothy, you're gonna be a pastor now. And in verse 13, he's, he's trying to show him how important it is that people experience God's word together. So church is where we worship together. And it's where we experience the word together. And it's where we pray together. And it's where we work together. It's where we serve each other. It's where we enjoy each other. And there's, there's something special. There's something important about going to church. And sadly, and, I get, and ironically, as it's gotten harder to go to church in the last couple of years, like we need church more than ever now over the last couple of years because I think the enemy has really ramped up his attack on us in so many different ways. And I was just thinking about, like, this is a new time, right? It's a time when Satan is coming at us with different stuff that he's never come at us before with, and we need to figure out how to get through this. We need church, and yet it's harder than ever to go to church. So I was thinking of a time in history when it was like this, and it kind of reminds me of those, you know, those first years after Jesus resurrected and the church was getting going, but um, the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of people that are like us. They're under attack. And they're really trying to stay true to their Christian beliefs. And some of them are going back to their old religious stuff. And there's a lot of false teaching coming out. And there's a lot of persecution. And like the world was kind of going crazy around them. And it was hard for people to hang on. And it was hard for people to go to church because of all the persecution. So it just really reminds me of kind of how it is today. So I want you to look at the advice that the author of Hebrew gives. He gives them four things to do. And just like a good salad they all start with lettuce. So take a look at this. This is Hebrews 10, 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let us go into the presence of God. Second thing he suggests, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. 
let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So if we're gonna, that's like them, man, if we're gonna hold on to our faith in this weird world that's falling apart all around us, if we're gonna, fall, if we're gonna continue to hold on to our faith as persecution is coming and it's getting harder and harder to go to church, then we need just what it, God's presence, we need hope in his promises, and we need each other. We need to motivate each other and encourage each other. We, we need to be together in church. So to us at CBCB, church is not just like a, a, hang, a, you know, a social club, a place to, to hang out with people or something like that. And it's not even just a place to worship and learn. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's a place where we all encourage each other. And, and work together to reach people and teach people and help people in Jesus' name. So, yeah, CBCB stands for community and Bible and church. And, of course, we're in Bulverde. That's the second B. And I always think it's got to be really weird for people that found us online, that live in other states or other countries. And they're like, community Bible church Bulverde. <laughs> What's a Bulverde? In some weird denomination. <laughs> oh, they must be Bulvertists. <laughs> I heard it's a cult of Spanish-speaking people that worship the green bull. Bulverde. But actually, if you're joining us from Afghanistan right now, uh, is not a denomination, and it's not a cult that I know of, and it's not a word that means green bull in Spanish. Um, the best I can tell is it doesn't really mean anything. I think it was named after a family um, that helped settle this area uh, a couple hundred years ago. And here's the best part of our name and how stupid it is. We're not even in Bulverde. <laughs> what the? And I thought of the name. <laughs> We're not even in Bulverde. But that's actually kind of fitting because we really are all about community and we are all about the Bible and we really are all about church, but we are not confined to the town of Bulverde. And that's awesome because as much as we love Bulverde and Spring Branch and Blanco and Bernie and New Braunfels and San Antonio and our little community, we wanna reach as many people as we can with the message and the love of Jesus. And so our church is not only having services and doing outreach and ministering in our building or our town or our county or our state or our country, we're reaching around the world with online services and with outreach ministries because that's what Jesus said for us to do. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say get together once a week and talk about how great we are. <laughs> he said, go, go and make disciples of all nations. And so we're working for sure with lots of local and regional ministries to you know, spread the gospel and support kids in foster care and combat hunger and poverty and human trafficking and addiction in our community and in our state. But we're also partnering with worldwide ministries 
to reach people on the other side of the world. Um, we're partnering with World Vision to sponsor about 250 kids right now in a little town called Mwala, Kenya. Um, we're working with a church planning ministry in India where this little, this little sea church, this little church in Bulverde has financed the planting of 102 churches in India where 5,000 people have been saved. That's good news, right? 5,000 people have accepted Christ in India through churches that were planted through this church. And next year we plan to plant 20 more churches there. So I'm gonna tell you more about this stuff in the next couple of weeks, and I'm not really supposed to tell you, but I'm gonna tell you, this has to stay in this room, okay? Um, because of your faithfulness, our budget in 2022 will in include a huge increase in the support that we give to all of our ministry partners. And that's ministries around the world, like World Vision. Yeah, you can clap. Um, Mission India, the Nuccios, you met them a couple of weeks ago, our missionaries in Mombasa. And that's also ministries that are closer to home, like CASA, Corn Appointed Special Advocates for Kids in the Foster Care System. Ransomed Life is a ministry that rescues kids from sex trafficking. Acacia Medical Clinic is a local free medical clinic here in Bulverde. Uh, the Share Center is a local pregnancy care center right around the corner from us right now. And so while lots of churches are having to pull back or even stop their outreach and their, their mission giving, we hope to increase, no, we're going to increase. Gonna? We're gonna. We're gonna increase our giving in 2022 by $100,000. That's good, right? So I think that's, that's pretty cool for a little church in Bulverde, Texas. Uh, so we definitely wanna reach and teach and help people in Jesus' name in Bulverde, but we have no intention of limiting what God wants to do through us wherever he calls us to go or to give or to serve, whether that's in Bulverde or Blanco or Bernie or Baltimore or Beirut or Bangkok. So yeah, that's, that's what we're about. That's what CBCB stands for. So, weird sermon, huh? Uh, so to, today I talked a lot about like who we are and where we're going and what we're up to as a church. And I thought it was important for you to know that stuff and I'll tell you why. But first I wanna kinda ask you like a personal question. Um, where are you as a Jesus follower? Like in your walk, in your journey, in your experience with Jesus, like how's it going with you? because it, it's a new year, right? And it's time for us to like assess how to go last year, how do we want it to go this year, right? And so now we're making all these resolutions about eating better and exercising and budgets and relationships and eating better and exercising and getting our yard caught up and eating better and extra, right? We're making all of these resolutions about how we want our lives to change or we want our trajectory to be adjusted or whatever. And I just, I, what are your spiritual resolutions, right? I mean, this is, this is, this is important too. Um, how is God calling you to get closer to him? Or how is God calling you to worship him or serve him more or better or differently? Um, how is God calling you to use the gifts and talents that he's given you to bring about his kingdom come? 
How is God calling you to connect to other believers and serve other believers? Because the New Testament model for us as Christians is to do those things through our local church. And so I guess I'm asking you to consider if CBCB should be your local church. Because at CBCB, we wanna partner with you. And we wanna help you grow and thrive and become more like Jesus. And we wanna help you connect with the community and worship and find your place to serve in the kingdom and to serve each other. And we wanna help you get where God's calling you to go. And we wanna help you become who God's created you to be. That's what the church is called to do. And so I'm asking you to think about what God is calling you to do and how we as a church might be able to help. So as you're absorbing that, as you walked in today, we gave you this little card, little piece of paper, you got one? Let me see, show me. Because I know you're just gonna stick them in your Bible and forget, let me see them, take them out. Go like this, we'll make one group noise. So here's what this card is. I want you to really pray about and think about how is God calling you and, and what's next for you? And, and I don't know what it is for you. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that the church is doing. How can we help you do what God's calling you to do? And so if you want information or you wanna talk to somebody about getting more involved or participating in a different way or understanding something differently or something like that, that's what this is for. So all you need to do is give us your name, give us your contact information, and then there's like little circles there. Just check the one that applies to you. Maybe this first one, maybe you wanna lead a life group, or maybe you've thought about it, or you've considered it, or you've been saying you were going to, but you never really have, or for, it's like maybe you're just kinda like feeling, maybe this is the year I'm supposed to do that. Then just check that box. And Shane will call you this week and we'll figure out what that looks like for you. Maybe it's time for you to join a life group. There's a box right there, check that box. And maybe it's time for you to start experiencing this community that Matt and Mandy were talking about. Um, marriage mentoring. We do premarital counseling for couples that are about to get married and we could really use some really strong couples that could just get to know these people that are about to get married and kind of help talk them through some conversations about what marriage is like. So if that's something you might be interested, check that. Um, the disciple making program. Listen, here's my disclaimer on this one. This one is like a very intensive thing. It lasts about four months um, where you would go through with somebody. You'd meet every week for about an hour and a half. We do scripture memorization and we just kind of share with you how we experience Jesus. And the idea is that there'll be about three disciples with one discipler. And then at the end of that three or four months, each one of those three disciples will become a discipler. So think about that. That's a super heavy commitment, and it's really a, a big, big deal. But I think, I mean, you could really impact the kingdom. You could really impact your own life. So if that's interesting, check that, and I'll call you. I'm serving in kids' ministry. I'm convinced that there is nothing more important you can do than to teach a child about Jesus. There's just nothing more important than you can do than that. So if that's something you wanna talk about, then just check that box and Andrea will call you. Maybe you wanna get involved in serving in some way, but you don't know exactly where uh, the guest services is on here. Guest services is all the people that say hi to you when you come in. They give you coffee, park your car, security, the people that serve communion, all the stuff that goes on. The greeters at the door, that's guest services and that's a really big deal here. Most of you are here right now because you came once and people were nice to you, right? 
It wasn't me. <laughs> Probably because people were nice to you, and so that's what guest services does. And so if you, that's, that's a really labor-intensive um, ministry here, so we need lots of help for that. So that's a great place. If you've never really served, I want to do something, but I don't know what, that's a really great place to start serving at church. And so you can check that box, and uh, Kendall and Kimbo will give you a call. Or maybe you don't know what. You just know you're supposed to go another level. You're supposed to do something more. You're supposed to, to take on something new this year. You're supposed to... Like, go deeper in your walk with Jesus or in your community or in your service or something. Whatever it is, man, let's don't let this, this feeling that we all have right now that it's New Year's and it's time to flip the switch and turn something new on and take on something big, let's don't waste all that on just going to the gym for these next three weeks. You know, let's, let's think about something real and something that lasts and something that matters. And we, let's flip that switch. Let's do something new spiritually. So... Yeah, all you need to do, fill out that card. Fill out that card. If you're not sure, just check the bottom thing, something else. And we'll just call you and talk it through with you. But let's talk about what's next for you. And then when you leave today, the offering boxes are out there. Just drop this in the offering boxes and somebody will call you in the next week or so. Um, so, like, it's New Year's, you know? Two questions. What's next for you in your walk with Jesus? And number two, how can CBCB help you? So pray about that. Let's pray together. Um, Father, just thanks so much for bringing us together. Lord, we love you. And as a church, as a body of believers, we just celebrate Jesus. And we just thank you for what he's done for us. And we realize that we can't do anything without the power of your spirit working through us. But God, it's a new year and we're feeling this energy. We wanna go places we haven't been and do things we haven't done and experience things that we've never experienced. And we don't wanna waste that on just budgets and diets and exercise programs. God, we wanna go someplace new with you. So will you just please move in us which box we should check and what we should do and how this year should be bigger and better and more powerful than any year before. God, I pray that you'll teach each one, show each one of us exactly what's next for us. And I just pray that this will be a new year. It's an exciting year. Lord, a year of health and prosperity and all the good stuff we think about. But more importantly, Lord, I just pray that it's a year that each one of us comes to know you in a new way and experience you in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fill out your cards. Drop them in the box on your way out. God bless you.